You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, let me begin this morning with a question. Here's the question. How many of you are control freaks? How many of you like to call the shots? A little honest. We have two people being honest this morning. For those of you who are watching online, if you're the control freak, just type into the chat line, that's me. Maybe here's a better question. What would those who are closest to you say about you being a control freak? Right? Because if you were to ask me this morning, Beryl, are you a control freak? I would say absolutely not. But my wife is here this morning. If you were to ask my wife, is your husband a control freak? She would say, yes, absolutely. Sometimes we don't perceive it in our own lives, and sometimes we need others close to us to help us identify that. But for some of us, some of us maybe more than others, we like to be in control. And we're going to talk about that this morning as we're wrapping up this series. The past three weeks, this being the fourth week, we've been in this series titled, I Choose. We've been talking about the power of your choice and how your choices are shaping the life that you're experiencing. You know, there's no way around it every day. You're making choices that are defining the life you're living. And if we make good choices, then we reap the benefit of good choices, right? But if we make bad choices, then what? We reap the consequence of of bad choices. As I said at the beginning of this series, the wonder of how God created us as human beings, that we've been created with a free will. That means we have the ability to choose. And again, at times we make good choices, it opens our lives to the goodness of God. At times we make bad choices and it creates trouble, it creates pain in our lives. So let me do just a, a quick review of what we talked about in this series. First, the first week we talked about choosing purpose over popularity. We want to make choices that position us to live out the purpose that God has for us. We don't want to just live our lives for the uh, applause of others, for the approval of others. Uh, second, the second week, we talked about choosing discipline over regret. We want to choose discipline today in the things that really matter in our lives so that we don't have regrets later, right? Choose discipline today so we don't have regrets later. And then last week we talked about choosing gratitude over complaint. When we choose gratitude, it opens our lives in a greater way to the goodness of God. When we choose complaint, it opens our lives for greater misery. We talked about last week, your choice. Do you want more misery or do you want more goodness? Um, doesn't take a, like a rocket scientist to figure that out, right? We want what? We, obviously, we want more goodness. So, so just living with a grateful hearts. But today we want to talk about the choice of surrender over the choice of control. You know, in, our, in life, we can choose to live our lives surrender to God, to his will and his way. Or we can choose to go our own way and do our own thing, whatever that might look like, whatever that might be. And it's this choice that shapes the direction of our lives, and it shapes the experience of our lives. Will you go your way, or will you go God's way? That's a big question. Your way, or God's way? You know, on April 9th, 1865, stands as, as a significant date in our U.S. history. After four years of hostility that had claimed some 630,000 lives and over one million casualties, General Robert E. Lee signed an agreement Surrendering the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia to General Ulysses S. Grant. And that defining moment in the Civil War was a culmination of, of an intense series of exchanges between the two commanders. 
Six days earlier, if you know your U.S. history, six days earlier, Richmond had fallen to Union troops. The battle continued on as Lee and his army retreated, pursued by Grant and his men. On April the 7th, Grant sent a message to Lee basically saying, why don't you surrender? Like our nation's been through enough. There's been enough bloodshed. There's been enough lives lost. Why don't you surrender your portion of the army to avoid, to avoid further bloodshed? And after much dialogue and conditions of the surrender being spelled out, Lee generally chose to surrender. And it was the surrender that paved the way for peace to be restored to our, war, to our war-torn nation. And as I was thinking about that, in a similar way, in the spiritual realm, there can be no peace with God, and there can be no peace in our hearts, apart from the choice of unconditional surrender. Apart from us saying, God, I want your will, and I want your way in my life. Refusing to surrender in our lives merely compounds our loss. It, it only opens our lives to like further conflict, further hardship. What's interesting is, is that the surrender that ended the Civil War was like a one-time event that happened at a defined location, Appomattox Courthouse. It happened on one day, on a given day, yet it was that that then had to be lived out. It was that that had to then be walked out as our nation began to come to a place of restoration, as our nation came to a place of peace. And, and as I was thinking about that again, I thought, so it is in our lives. There's a point of surrender when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That was a defined date. That was a point of surrender. Maybe even today you remember that day. Maybe it's kind of like a defined day in your life. For me, I grew up in church and I got saved like every Sunday. I thought I had to get saved every Sunday. Obviously, I didn't. But every time they would have an altar call, I was there because I thought I needed to get saved again. Um, so I can't remember my exact date of salvation. Maybe you remember that day. That was the date of your surrender. That was the date that you embraced the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. But then there is the daily living out of surrender. How many of you know surrender is not just a one-time event, right? Surrender is what we embrace in our, in our lives on a daily basis. So there's a choice of surrender or the choice of control. And the problem with surrender is oftentimes it, it creates conflict in our lives. There's this internal conflict that happens. Again, why? Because we like to be in control. By nature, I think we're, we're all control freaks. When we like to call the shots in our life. We, wanna, we tend to want to go our own way. But the call to follow Jesus is a call to surrender. It was interesting, if you study the life of Jesus... Look to the Gospels. If you read the words of Jesus, what you'll not find is Jesus asking people to pray a sinner's prayer. And that's, that's what we do today, you know, pray this prayer, say these words after me. Jesus didn't call people to pray a sinner's prayer. He actually called them to this. He, he said, follow me. He didn't ask them to pray a prayer. He called them to a place of surrender, the surrender of their lives. So Jesus didn't say a lot about the moment of salvation, but he said a lot about, again, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said a lot about following. Right, listen to a couple of these verses. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must. Notice, it's not like optional. Jesus says he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Basically, Jesus was saying to follow him, you must surrender. 
And then in Luke 9, 62, Jesus went on to say, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words, what we're, we're, we're putting our hands to the plow. We're making that commitment to the Lordship of Christ, and then we're moving forward. And when Jesus called his first disciples who were fishermen, it's interesting that he didn't call them just to believe in him. He called them to follow. He called them to lay down their nets. Man, this is what Jesus said. He says, lay down your nets, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. But Jesus called them to follow. He called them to surrender. Also interesting, if you look on, there's a story recorded of a young man that he's identified as the rich young ruler. And he came to Jesus seeking this. He wanted eternal life. How can I have eternal life? Jesus mentioned the commands. He said, yeah, I've, I've kept all of those. Jesus said, only one thing you like. Sell what you have, give it to the poor. And get this, come follow me. And the scripture says this man went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, I don't believe we have to sell all we have to follow Jesus. But like the rich young ruler, I do believe that if we're going to follow Jesus, it's a call to surrender. So you and I, on a daily basis... Are, are given this choice. Are, are we going to stay in control? Are we going to be in control? Are we going to call the shots in our lives, so to speak? Or are we going to live a life of surrender? Are we going to live our lives surrendered to that of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? You know, if you think about it, the choice of surrender, uh, and the, the choice of surrender or control, and it's about, it's about will and way. Are, are you going to go your way, your way, are you going to go God's way? Are you going to choose your will? Or are you going to choose God's will? It really comes down to that, will and way. And again, it, these are choices that we make on a daily basis. Are we going to do what we want to do? Are we going to do what God has for us to do? Are we going to go our own way and live however we want? And that seems to be quite a popular um, um, process of thinking today in the church and in Christianity, well, I say yes to Jesus and I can go live however I want. And I would want you to know that's in direct opposition to the truth of God's word. You can't just say yes to Jesus and live however you want. You can't say yes to Jesus and stay in the driver's seat. Yet that's what we want to do. Why? We have a tendency to be control freaks. So turn to your neighbor, look him in the eye, a big smile on your face, and ask him this question. Are you a control freak? Go ahead and ask him. Are you in control? In other words, are you in control or, or is God in control? And what we're going to see in this story we're going to look at this morning that I want to use just as a point of illustration is when we choose to stay in control, when we choose to say, God, I think I know best and I'm going to do what I want. When we, when we take that position, it never ends well. It never turns out well. And we see that here in this story in Jonah. So if you have your Bibles, look with me to, to the book of Jonah. Old Testament and the minor prophets move past Isaiah, Jeremiah. You'll come um, to the book of Jonah. We see this challenge playing out in the life of Jonah. Possibly you remember his story. I, I just want to quickly summarize it for you. Jonah was a... A prophet who was directed by God to go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, to proclaim a message of repentance. So then Jonah had a decision to make. God says, I want you to go. Jonah had a decision to make. Was he going to follow God's will or was he going to choose his own will? Was he going to go God's way or was he going to choose his own way? 
And as we pick up the story in Jonah chapter 1, we see the choice that Jonah made, and we see then what happens in his life. And as we read this, as I was reflecting on Jonah, and as I was reflecting on his story, what I came to realize is that, is that there's a whole lot of Jonah in me. And maybe there's some Jonah in you. So let's read his story. First ten verses of chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. And what we need to understand, let me pause there just for a moment. Nineveh was the capital of the city of Assyria, and the Assyrians were an evil, wicked people. So obviously they were like arch enemies of the Jewish people. So we need to understand that in this story. Notice verse 3, God says go, verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish where he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now I know you would never do that, but Jonah did. And the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid. Each cried out to his own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let's cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us. Who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? And what is your country? From what people are you? Verse 9, he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So here's Jonah. God says, go to Nineveh, and Jonah says, um, no, I think I'll go to Joppa instead. I think I'll do what I want to do. As a result, God sends this great storm on the ship, and the ship he's caught in is caught in this storm. As they cast lots for who the problem is, they discover that the problem is, is Jonah. And here's a quick summary then of the rest of the story. Jonah's thrown overboard. Um, they're trying to deal with the problem. Again, the problem's Jonah. God sends a large fish and swallows Jonah. Jonah spends three days in the belly of the fish, and he, so to speak, comes to his senses. He cries out in repentance. He cries out in surrender. God, I'm sorry I chose my own way, not your way. And then God had the fish vomit him. I love this verse, Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. It says, the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Would you like to have seen that? It had been interesting. You know, here's Jonah after three days in the belly of the fish. Then Jonah, following God's direction, went to Nineveh. He preached a message of judgment that was to come if the people did not repent. And the whole city, including the king, repented and revival broke out um, through the whole city of Nineveh. But this morning, I want us to look a little deeper into Jonah's choice to go his own way. Because I think at times... We choose what Jonah chose, and it gets us in trouble. So I want to talk with you just for a moment about the Jonah syndrome in us. The Jonah syndrome in us. 
You know, a syndrome is a set of concurrent things as emotions, choices, or actions that usually form an identifiable pattern. You know, oftentimes, like Jonah, we have a pattern of behavior of wanting to be in control. And that's what I see playing out in Jonah's story. I think Jonah's story is an illustration for us of what happens when we say, no, I want to be in control. I don't want to surrender. I don't want to do what God has for me to do. I want to be in control. I want to call the shots. And we see what happens. We see how this plays out. We get ourselves in trouble. We get ourselves in trouble when we determine that what we want is more important than what God directs. When we place our desires above God's desires. What I want is more important than what God directs. At that point, you've elevated yourself and what you want above what? God, right? So in in essence, you've kind of made a God out of yourself. We see this in Jonah, in Jonah's life and his story. God clearly directed Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach against it. God wanted to bring mercy to the Ninevites, so he needed someone, a body, someone to bring this message of repentance to them. So he chose Jonah as his messenger, but Jonah chose to go his own way, not God's way. He wanted, what he wanted was like more important than what God wanted. And I think oftentimes the same thing happens in our lives. If we're honest enough to admit it, is that we place greater value in what we want than what God directs. And when that happens, basically what we say is, God, I'm not going to go your way. I'm going to go my way. So this morning, think about your life. Think about the decisions in your life. Think about the direction of your life. Is there a place in your life where you've chosen control over surrender? Where you've said, what I want is more important than what, what God directs. And we see this playing out in, golly, any number of ways in our lives. God says, uh, forgive as you've been forgiven. And sometimes we say, no, I'd rather not do that. I'm going to hold on to the offense because I think I know what's best. So we choose what we want rather than what God directs. God says, love as you've been loved. But sometimes we say, easy for you to say, God, you don't know the people that I have to live with. Like, I choose not to love them. They're too hard to love. They're too difficult to love. They don't deserve to be loved, however you would state that. And basically what we end up doing is is we say, what I want is more important than what God directs. Throughout the New Testament, I could give you passage after passage where, where we're, we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be living testimonies. We're called to, to share the hope of the gospel message. Yet oftentimes when opportunity opens, we don't step into the opportunity because it's not what we want to do. We choose what we want over what God directs. It's about control or surrender. Not not only that, but oftentimes what plays out, and again, we see this in Jonah's story, is, is that we think, like, my perspective is more important than God's directive. Like, we know best. Like, like we, know, we know the best choice that we should make. So we choose control over surrender. Again, from Jonah's perspective, Jonah's perspective was, man, those Ninevites, they deserve judgment. 
Like God, give them, give them what they deserve. Men, bring judgment, bring pain, bring, bring uh, conflict, bring adversity, whatever. God, bring judgment. I mean, they are so wicked. They're so mean. They're so evil. From his perspective, they deserve judgment. And so Jonah had elevated his perspective higher than God's directive. That's why he heads in there. God says, go to Nineveh. And he says, I don't think so. I know what you're going to do, God. I know if I go preach judgment, you're going to give them mercy, and I don't want them to have mercy. I want them to have judgment. So at that point, Jonah elevates his perspective above God's directive. Here's a third challenge of the Jonah syndrome that often shows up in us is, is we place our agenda above God's agenda. In other words, my agenda is primary and God's agenda is secondary. Like what I want is more important than what God wants. Again, we see this in Jonah's story. God clearly directs him to go to Nineveh. But the scripture in verse 3 and in verse 10 says that Jonah runs away from the Lord. But his agenda was more important than God's agenda. And again, oftentimes this happens in our lives. We place our agenda, what we think we want. Imagine how foolish for us to say, God, I know what's best for my life. When we are so limited. Listen, we've already forgot what happened yesterday. We're living in today. We have no clue about tomorrow. And we think we know best? Come on. But oftentimes, our agenda takes precedence over God's agenda. Like Jonah. See, I I think there's a little bit of Jonah in all of us. In the process of life, we can place our agenda above God's agenda. We can choose to go our own way instead of going God's way. So again, think about your life. Is your agenda primary or is God's agenda? God's agenda primary. What would it be in your life? Now take a moment just to think about your life. Do a little internal evaluation this morning. Does God have precedence in your life or does yourself have precedence? Are you in control or is God in control? The choice of surrender is saying to God, God, I want your agenda for my life. I want what you have for me in my life. That choice of saying, God, I want to follow. I want to follow your lead. For each of us, For each of us, we have a choice to make every day. And here's the choice. Will we go God's way or will we go our own way? Every day. Are you going to do your thing or are you going to do God's thing? Are you going to call the shots or are you going to live your life surrender to the Lord? What you must understand this morning is that the call to follow Jesus is more than a call to salvation. Friends, it's a call to surrender. When you said yes to Jesus... Obviously, there was the miracle of salvation. But when you said yes to Jesus, you were really embracing surrender in your life. You know, today in the church, from my opinion, you don't have to believe what I believe, but I believe in the church today, we soft sell evangelism. We, we soft sell salvation. This is what we do. We say, just say these words after me. Now, now, don't send me emails. I, I, do, I do believe someone's saved by believing and receiving. That's the moment the miracle of salvation happens. 
When someone believes that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who was crucified and resurrected and they receive him as our Lord and Savior. Romans uh, 10 verse uh, 9 and 10 makes that very clear. But I think we soft sell salvation and that we taught people into saying a prayer. We invite them to say a prayer, but we we don't talk with them about surrender. We don't talk with them about the cost of following Jesus. We don't talk with them about what Jesus did to take up their cross every day and follow. So, so salvation, that point of prayer, Jesus, I believe in you, I receive you as my Savior, I believe that's the starting point. It's the starting point to a life of surrender. It's the starting point of a life of following Jesus. Matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. I think it's on the screen. Jesus said, then he called the crowd to him. And notice what he, he said to the crowd and his disciples. He says, if anyone would come after me, notice he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. But Jesus was calling us, get this, to a, to a life of death to self, to a life of surrender. To a life of not you being in control, but a life of God being in control in your life. So the call to follow Jesus is a, is a call to find life through death to self. The call to follow Jesus is also death to self as we serve others. Folks, the bottom line is that you cannot follow Jesus and not choose to surrender your life to him. It's not possible. You cannot say, I'm a follower of Jesus And not choose to live your life in such a way that you embrace his lordship. That that you're still in control. You can do whatever you want. That's not following Jesus, friend. You you have deceived yourself. And you're living in a culture of deception. Well, I can just say yes to Jesus and live however I want. I'm sorry. That is in contradiction to what God's word says. As a matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said in Luke 6.46. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I say. In other words, don't call me Lord and go live however you want. Don't call me Lord and think you can still be in the driver's seat making all the decisions, calling the shots for your life. Jesus said it doesn't work that way. To call Jesus Lord means that we say yes to his will, yes to his word, and yes to his ways. Listen, we cannot, we cannot call him Lord and then proceed to run our own lives. We can't call him Lord and then do what we want, staying in control. We can't call him Lord and place our agenda above his agenda. So the choice, I believe every day for Christ's followers, is surrender or control. The choice is God's way or your way, God's will or your way. And I would encourage you beyond this morning, I would encourage you to do a study and the in the complete, uh, in the whole of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, do a study and find out what happens any time and every time an individual or group of individuals says, God, we think we know what's best. We're going to do what we want, not what you direct. And this is what you'll discover in every story. And I could give you 15 illustrations this morning if I had time. Study the children of Israel. I'm, we're going to do what we want. Didn't go so well for them. Study the Jews in the book of Haggai. 
Uh, we're going to do what we want, God. We're, we're going to take care of what we want. You're really not a priority. We're in control here. It didn't go so well for him. For Jonah, uh, God, I'm not going to go your way. I'm going to go my own. It didn't turn out so well for him. And I would say the same is true in your life. When we say, God, I'm going to maintain control. I'm going to choose control over surrender. This is what I know, friends. It doesn't turn out well in your life. Now, the challenge with surrender is that it seems like we lose, but we really win. As we choose surrender, we give up all that we are to open our lives to all that God has for us. And I can assure you this morning that what God has for you is greater than anything you can imagine. And the way you experience it is by daily choosing to live a surrendered life. So here's a great question for you this morning, for all those watching online, for those here present. Is there an area of your life today that you need to say, God, I give you control. I I surrender this area of my life to you. Is there an area of your life that you've been holding on to to say, uh, God, I, I, you know, I, I want you to be my Lord, but I'm right here. I want to keep doing my own thing. Listen, it's not possible, folks. She said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Then go do your own thing. So today, is there a place, is there an area? Or maybe it's the whole of your life. Maybe there's a place in your life where, you, where you've been like going and doing your own thing. And what you've discovered is kind of like what Jonah discovered. When Jonah said, hey, I'm going to go my own way. It didn't end up so well. He ended up in a smelly place. I've never been in the belly of a fish, but I can't imagine. It was like this pleasant cruise. It was a stinky, smelly place. I think that's what happens when we say, God, no, I'm going to be in control. I think I know what's best. I'm going to go my own way. It brings us into a stinky, smelly place, a painful place. So again, is there an area of your life Today that you would say, wow, this I need to surrender. This I need to bring before the Lord and say, I I give up control in this area. And I embrace your Lordship, Lord Jesus, in my life. Surrender or control. It's a choice we get to make. And the choice we make. Not only determines the life we experience, but I believe when it comes to surrender or control, the choice we make determines what God will do in and through our lives. If you say, no, I want to be in control, then hear me, friend. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get what you can do. And what you can do is so limited. Or you can say, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. And in that place of surrender, then God brings his greatness in your life. And he works through your life, through your surrender. Now, every day, well, we have this choice. Am I going to live my life surrendered? Or am I going to be in control? Would you pray with me? Lord, I, I thank you this morning for your presence in our lives, your presence in this place. And Lord, this morning, I would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just, um, in this quiet time, that you would search our hearts. For those watching online, for those here present. If there's a place or an area in our lives where we've been 
like in control, where we've been hanging, where we've been kind of like Jonah, going our own way, doing our own thing, elevating our agenda above your agenda, our perspective above your directive. Holy Spirit, would you shine a spotlight on that this morning? Maybe it's something we're blinded to, because Lord, I know oftentimes we don't see our tendency to be control freaks. So if there's something that we've been blinded to, Holy Spirit, would you just shine the spotlight on that this morning? Lord, today we bring our lives. Lord, we choose to follow you. We choose to surrender. And Lord, what I know is surrender, like it was in the Civil War, God, it's not just a day. There's the day, but then there's the daily process of walking that out. Holy Spirit, I pray in our lives every day that you would help us choose surrender. That we would see, God, that surrender to you is the best way. It's the only way. The Holy Spirit, help us every day to live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Father, what I know is we choose surrender. Surrendering our will to your will, our way to your way. Wow, God, there's no limit to what you can do and how you will bring your kingdom present in our lives. So Lord, may we be a people of surrender. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.